Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Super excited to have you join us on this series about leading and really doing a fantastic job with sales teams in MedTech. I have the privilege of hosting an extraordinary guest today. His name is Jacob Carr. He's a highly accomplished leader with a demonstrated track record of success in the medical device industry. His passion for improving patient outcomes really honed his ex expertise in, in, in revenue strategy, sales enablement, and operations. He serves as a director of sales enablement and strategy at Nico Corporation, and I'm excited to host him here today. Jake, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tom. I'm excited to be here. Excited to have you here, and we're gonna we're gonna dive into just really some of the topics around technology acquisition and onboarding and things that medtech leaders should keep in mind. But before we do, Jake, I'd love to just give you the stage for you to share a little bit more about Nico Corporation, the work that you guys do. Sure, appreciate it. So before I get into how Nico Corporation does what they do, I'd like to talk a little more about why we do what we do. So Nico really focuses on addressing two very awful disease states for anyone. And that is brain tumor. Any diagnosis of brain tumor is a devastating diagnosis for any patient and family. And so we are really focused on that disease state. And then the other side that we're focused on is hemorrhagic stroke. Now, a lot of people are very familiar with ischemic stroke and thrombectomy and the giant boom thrombectomy caused and relieving that disease state in the early 2000s and even continues today. But hemorrhagic stroke is much more debilitating. In fact, it's the most deadly and debilitating form of stroke there is. In fact, over 100,000 patients experience an ICH or hemorrhagic stroke in any given year. And the mortality rate for those patients is between 30 and 60%. And it's around 70 or 90% of those who survive are in a very either a vegetative state or need medical assistance for the rest of their life. So it's incredibly debilitating. And, and as you can imagine, that comes with a cost. All that increased care, increased time in the ICU. It's also the costliest form of stroke. So those are the two areas that Nico really focuses in on and trying to provide better patient outcomes and economic outcomes too. There's always that double-sided focus now in healthcare. You have to not only provide a better clinical outcome, but a better economic outcome as well. So that's really what Nico focuses on. And how we do that is through our platform, which enables safe, minimally invasive access to parts of the brain without damaging the eloquent tissue in the brain. We then have a further platform that allows us to remove whatever lesion is in the brain, whether that be a tumor or a hematoma. And then finally, on our platform, we have the ability to preserve whatever is resected out of the brain, which is incredibly important for the forefront of personal technology of precision medicine, keeping that tissue alive so you can come up with custom medications and pharmaceuticals for the treatment of that disease. And that's really what Nico, or how Nico does that and uh, why we do it and why we get up every day and are excited to bring our technologies to the market. That, that's fantastic, Jake. I, I think it's groundbreaking technology that offers hope to a, 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 a disease state that really doesn't have solutions today. So kudos to you and the team for doing what you do. And by the way, folks, Nico Corp, Jake and the team over there, they're in hyper growth mode. They're growing fast. And with that growth comes responsibility. And today we're going to be really diving into 
some of the things around how do you manage that type of growth? How do you stay organized? And so as we dive into this, Jake, talk to us about what some of those challenges were and why you needed new software to, to help with that. Sure. Just a little background. Our business has been growing double digit growth for the past two or three years while maintaining the same size sales team. Huge. And inevitably, we started to see a maximum bandwidth that our sales team could reach, any one rep. And we knew that we had to grow and we were going to scale. And so I think one component of growing your business, especially if you have double digit growth back to back and you want to continue that exponential growth, is that you're going to have to add the number of people on your team or add channels to your team. But the other part of it and the other component of it is you have to increase the bandwidth to allow the reps that you have to be more effective in front of the customer. If you can increase that effectiveness, the amount of new reps you have to hire reduces. And so that can also help you maintain high levels of ARR, et cetera. So that's one portion of the issue that we were coming across. The other one was that we needed better information, more accurate information, at a manager and executive level to make strategic level decisions. And so what we were really trying to solve is figure out what was going to be best to maybe approach and solve for both of those scenarios. And as you can imagine, there are a lot of different technology platforms out there, but those are a unique set of stakeholders because you have a very tactical stakeholder in the rep who needs information that helps them do their job on a daily basis. And then you have a very strategic stakeholder who needs aggregated data and trends in order to make strategic decisions about the business. And so that really led us to a more deep search into figuring out what the solution can be. And I think it's important here, I've run over it, but the important part of here is identifying your stakeholders, identifying how those stakeholders need to interact with whatever solution you're going to have in order to maximize the effectiveness of whatever your investment is. Totally. Yeah. And it's difficult to do, right? So you have, on the one hand, the need for strategic business leaders to make choices to chart the growth of the business. And then the tactical piece, you know you needed it. So how did you get started? Obviously, there are data platforms out there that provide aggregated information. And I think from a strategic perspective, it was pretty easy to see that no matter what platform we went with, we were going to have access to strategic level aggregation of data to inform those decisions. So it really came down to how are we going to figure out a solution that solves that problem, but also solves the tactical problem. And I think a lot of the times with technology implementation, and I think when everyone is familiar with all the listeners here are probably familiar with a CRM implementation and how that tracks information. And my experience with CRM implementation has been that it is begrudgingly accepted by the field team to be used because it's a, it's a necessary evil, right? We need right. to be able to track the information that we have. It's a necessary evil. And so you get minimum compliance is how I would describe that. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times are where the gaps exist in some of the technology solutions or platforms is they continue that trend. They make it a necessary evil and they don't make it a frictionless experience or a valuable experience to the people interacting in a technical everyday situation. And so you don't have, you have minimal compliance. It's begrudging, begrudgingly informed or used, I should say. And that's what we had going on at Nico. We had a CRM and what we noticed is that 
we would ask our sales reps for more updated information. And they would be putting that information into Salesforce. We would bother them to update the information. And what you got is very much what I would call a one-way stream of information. I'm going to ask you for information and then you don't get really much out of it because you already know the information that you're putting in. Yeah. And so part that we started to understand is there might be an opportunity with a solution where we can actually provide value to the rep, the person who's using information and remove that ask. So you're removing not only work for the sales rep or the sales team, but you're also providing them something that's value that makes them do their job better or show up differently in front of the customer. So that was extremely important to us. Yeah. And I think that's a great call, Jay, because for a long time, that's what CRMs have been is just, hey, give me the information and then that's it. Like, where's, what's the deal status? What are the account specifics? <laughs> and it's just like, what am I getting? Yeah, sure. I get to track my pipeline and sure that's a value add, but beyond that. So what was the thing that you guys went with QADMD? What was the thing that really was the aha for you guys that said, oh my gosh, this is the buy-in for the reps. Like this is going to work well. I think you're about to hit on a very important part. And that is when we realized that, that one-way transaction with CRM was really helping us or really hurting us in minimal compliance, we recognized that we needed the reps to be part of the decision-making process and specifically the selection of the technology process because we got to hear how it was going to be valuable for them. Why were they excited about this platform versus another platform? And what were the specific things in that platform that immediately in their mind, they made a connection that's going to help them? I think for the listeners out there, that's incredibly important in this process. If you have the people who are going to be using this on a regular basis, be part of the selection and investment of a technology platform, you will inherently create champions and advocates that are going to be peers to the other people who will be using it when you launch it. And that's incredibly important. So it also helps us identify how we would approach implementation and launch because it identifies the high value functions and features of the platform that people are going to be most interested in. I think some of the faults that we have when we launch technology platforms is we try to train people on everything there is in the platform. And instead, we should really take like an 80-20 approach. What are the three or four features that are the most important for the rep that they're going to have the most correlation to what they do on a daily basis? And how is that going to help them? And focus on them creating effectiveness with those features and then roll out the other features and other benefits as they get comfortable with the platform. That's great, Jake. And so as far as optimization, right? Because what I hear was the very beginning, you guys needed to optimize. When you did the onboarding process, how did you get the reps excited about it? Did you focus on that optimization goal, like wins for them? Talk to us about that. Sure. So once we selected the, the platform and we were getting ready to launch or onboard the rest of the team, we made it very clear that the advocates or champions who were part of the selection process were going to need to help. They're going to have to ask questions, engage their peers, et cetera. We would still run the training, but then we needed them to be advocates for it. And so to get the reps excited about it, we did what we, I just said, we focused on the two or three features that are going to stand out and be easy associations with the rep saying this information or this feature is going to directly correlate to increased performance for me. 
And by doing that, by just highlighting those two or three features, you really show value of the platform immediately. Because what you're trying to do on onboarding is not only get initial usage, but create reasons to go back to the platform. In software terminology, it'd be like daily active users for apps. You want your reps in the platform every day because they see value in it. And so that was our, and we're getting into more of how we measured our effectiveness and success, but that was one of the main focuses is highlighting the two or three features that are easily correlated to what increases their performance. That was one. The second thing we really tried to do is, like I mentioned, have the advocates interrupt the training and provide feedback and in, in, in how they saw this feature being used in their context. And I think that's incredibly important that you have peer advocates because it's one thing for a corporate person to stand up and say, this is the platform, these are the features. It's another person, it's another complete entirety thing. If someone raises their hand and says, I think I could use it in this way, because that's going to relate more to the overall cohort that is being trained and the technology is being rolled out. Totally. Just involve the users. It's a key thing. And what one thing would you say about one of those use cases? What was one thing that stood out for you and the team that was like, wow, this software does what the other CRM didn't? So I think one, it's what we addressed already, but two, there has to be a feedback loop. And I think if there was another critical point or takeaway for the listeners today, it is this. It's not enough to show the correlation of the feature with the benefit to the actual rep. You have to share what I'm going to call stories of success, and you have to do it quickly and repeatedly. And we set up our system and used our productivity metrics that are inherent with most CRMs to help us highlight stories of success using the platform. So I'll give you an example. We would have a rep insert a case report of a new physician trying a new disease state, and they would be able to check the box of acuity and formed that discussion that went on to eventually get to the case. And then we could summarize that story and we would send out monthly emails with the person's picture and the, the story and what happened, highlighting what the overall story, which was this increased utilization, which is directly tied to whatever the rep is going after. And those not only garnered a lot of attention, but a lot of people started wanting to be on the emails. Right? They wanted to FaceTime across the organization. And more importantly, it tied directly and showed how everyone else is winning with the platform. And I can't emphasize that enough, that showing how peers are using the platform and creating wins has more value than the corporate team saying, here's how you should use the platform. Here's how you should use, or here it's going to be a win of success. So it's really about creating that co-learning and co-support with the peer organization, the peer cohort. That's fantastic. Thank, thank you, Jake. And how about mandating usage? I know that's a topic of, of discussion. Do you do it? What's your perspective there? Yeah, I think it's good, but if you do it right, it shouldn't need to be mandated. And so let me give you an example. I think utilization is very important after a training because you have to keep it top of mind. And so the only way to do that is obviously to highlight the features like we talked about but also have the managers who have ultimate responsibility um, for these reps to have them send two to three things that they learned to their managers within a week 
of the training, not during the training, but within the week of the training. That forces them to get back on the platform. It forces them to either self-acknowledge or subconsciously acknowledge that this platform has value because you learned something from it. Yeah. And three, you can actually prevent people just putting things that are already known because it's going to the manager who most likely knows that territory and can vet out very quickly. That's something that they already knew. So it creates a, a, a trifold focus there. And then finally, you have to have a medium term engagement where you need to have at least five productivity metrics where you've associated acuity with that meeting case, et cetera. And you track that and the manager has to make that accountable. But after that, I'll tell you personally, we don't have any mandated usage of acuity, but I know we were effective because I can look at the utilization of the platform and our daily active reps, if you want to call that a metric, is high. In fact, Acuity has told us that we're in the top 5% of customers that they have as far as utilization for their reps. So that is the biggest indicator when you don't have to mandate usage, because then it shows that solution is providing the value. It's a no-brainer, right? It becomes, and I'm quoting this directly from a rep, this is like my Google. I use it every day. Yeah. And who can say that about their CRM? It's like my Google. Like <laughs> nobody, right? Exactly. Nobody. And so I, I was in med tech for 17 years. I was a rep. I was a manager. I went up the chain all the way to VP of sales. And you know what? I never was able to say that. <laughs> right. It's a unicorn moment. I'll put it that way for sure. Yeah, for sure. And folks, Acuity MD, we'll leave it in the show notes. You could get a demo. And I actually saw the demo. It was incredible to see the information there. Like, where's your competitive usage and where are the opportunities? This stuff is in there without your reps having to put it in. It, just incredible stuff. And so the value is two-way, like Jake is saying. And, and so you talked about metrics, Jake, and that's key. How do we know we're successful? You mentioned utilization, but what other metrics would you recommend our leaders listening today consider? That's a great question. And the way I think of metrics is it's not a static metric, but rather you have leading indicators and lagging indicators, and you really need to make sure you build a pathway from a leading to a lagging. So let me give you an example. A leading indicator is a usage in the platform, right? They're in there every day. And your lagging indicator is increased revenue. And there is a timeline in between there, right? They need to take the information, they need to have meetings, they need to increase the number of cases or increase their pipeline and win. And then you get in, in increasing revenue. And for me, when I talk about an investment in a technology platform, I'm setting up these metrics to make sure I can track ROI. It's really like a metrics funnel, if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And so every step along the way, I make sure and enable the ability to measure, for example, utilization on the platform, measure the productivity metrics that are associated with data in the Acuity platform. And then finally, any revenue associated with the Acuity platform. And so you have a full timeline or spectrum of your metrics to understand where your fall off is, where your throughput is, all influenced by the investment in the technology platform. And so that's how I set up the metrics. And it's great because the executive team loves to see that, right? They love to see that there's been a return on the investment that it's providing value to the business. And to do so, I think is, is just a great way to go about any type of implementation or technology platform implementation. Love that. No, I really appreciate that. Something for all of us to think about, making sure those metrics are in place to, to show the ROI is key. So we're here at the end, Jake. I really have enjoyed our discussion on this. 
obviously, besides having people check out Nico Corporation and the amazing work you guys are doing to transform hair, what's a takeaway you'd want our audience to walk away with? Scaling is very challenging. It's challenging no matter what. And I think obviously adding headcount and understanding how that changes culture is important. And it's a completely different discussion. But I think for this discussion, what I'd want the listeners to walk away from is if you are going to make your reps more effective in front of the customers and, and by using a technology platform, you really need to hammer in what's in it for them. If you want them to be using it and you want them to become more effective in front of the customer, you need to look at every feature. You need to incorporate them in the decision-making process for the investment in the technology. And then when you roll it out and you need to continue to highlight how this is valuable to them on a day-to-day -day basis. I know that's easy to say, but hopefully through the conversation we just had, people get a better understanding, listeners get a better understanding of how you do that in actuality. And I think that will only lead to a higher probability of success for any type of implementation. Great takeaway there, Jake. And I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. And folks, if you want double-digit growth, if you want ways to scale your organization like Jake and his team at Nico Corporation have, certainly be mindful and thoughtful and intentional about how you use your CRM. Certainly ways to achieve that through, through the platform that he and the team are using there. Jake, thanks for your time today. Looking forward to staying in touch. Thanks, Saul. It was a great conversation. 